Episode 2, Diana Ross, the first R&B superstar. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. My name is Tom Gowker. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast and show, and it's not really about Baltimore. Tonight, we are continuing the R&B Diva series. And who are those R&B Divas? They're Patti LaBelle, Diana Ross, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, Dionne Warwick, and Tina Turner. And tonight in the spotlight, it's Miss Diana Ross. She is the queen of Motown with the Supremes and Barry Gordy. It's Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Lady Sings the Blues, Mahogany, The Wiz, The Dream Girls, The Influencer of Michael Jackson and RuPaul, Call Me Miss Ross, Diana Ross is the first R&B female superstar. Along with my voice, you're going to hear the following voices from the music industry, Kelly Bell from the Kelly Bell Band, music critic and author, Christian Gerard, band leader, Alvin Jones and the Funkmeister Duke Benjamin. Genre buster Darnell Miller, the rapping professor, Eartha Holly, jazz pianist Lafayette Gilcrest, band leader and educator Eddie Morgan. The man with a voice, it's Marcellus, the bass man Shepard, and former AR gospel manager Jim Henry. We only have 30 minutes, just not enough time to talk about our second RB diva, Miss Diana Ross. Let's get into the episode. One of my thoughts on Diana Ross, she was kind of like the Beyonce of that era. I mean, you can't deny Diana. It's not, it's not too much. <laughs> I call her the, the true first superstar female diva with her Motown pedigree and the undisputed songstress of the legendary Supremes. She was able to sort of deliver these songs in such a way that they were infectious and people just loved them. It broke through all sorts of barriers. The Supremes had so many so many hits you know say what you want about diana but she made it she had lots of hits <laughs> she was able to navigate sort of the changing tides of the 70s from old school r&b you know the motown era through disco and into the 80s diana ross for me to be honest it would not be diana ross without the supremes now i know there's a lot of controversy about who uh, was supposed to be the lead singer and all of that. And I mean, we got a wonderful movie about it. There's no need to rehash that story. But Diana Ross was the right voice for the group, not just the right look. She was the right voice for the group. And to have changed that up in any kind of way would have changed Motown itself. I think that Diana Ross was supposed to be the lead singer of that, and it was done that way. Whether they had other ulterior motives or not, all the Supreme stuff that she does, you know, is just amazing. I can't even pick one tune for it, honestly, because when you sit back and listen to it, it's like you're listening to a dream. So when you talk about Motown, you cannot talk about Motown and not talk about Barry Gordy's lover, okay? Because... 
that immediately made Diana Ross the queen of Motown, no matter how you sliced it. So she came out with the original group, the Primettes. Remember, they couldn't even get a hit on them for girls to the point where it almost seemed like they were going to get dropped. She had her career with the Supremes, which cemented her legacy forever. All right. So for me, when I think about Diana Ross, of course, all of her R&B stuff, simply amazing, right? Uh, Everything that came up in Motown was, was really just, it was to the roof and beyond. She's one of the goat female singers. It's, 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 it's a no-brainer with her. Yeah. Upside down. to say upside down because again i was a kid and i remember i even remember that album cover you know i'd have to say upside down that whole now rogers um you know i would say upside down is probably probably my favorite you can't ignore upside down (laughs) it's a no-brainer but i have to say when you talk about the album that hit me and resonated with me it was the album that now rogers did for her okay that album that everybody loves, I always thought it was the boss, but it really is not the boss, right? That record is actually Diana, just plain old Diana. The fact that she took this new wave sound that was so unconventional for her, and she dropped uh, the smash upside down was crazy. I, I don't think we, we saw that to the point it was sampled for an incredible hip hop song, you know, 30 years later, right? talking about the Supremes and and how great they were as a female group and how well they did on the Motown label with the genius of uh, Barry Gordy. And then Diane went on to do her own career and just make a niche for herself in the entertainment industry. Just, uh, again, a, a unique style, a unique voice, a unique look. And she just kept it right up until today. Diana Ross, the Jacksons, when I was a kid, Jackson 5, those artists, when they were on TV, you ran to the TV, you watched it, and you were uplifted. There was something that that affected me personally that I was like, I'm in a different world. And their energy level was so great. It was the talent that that grabbed you. You have to stop whatever you're doing and make sure, because there was no... VCRs or anything. You had to, <laughs> you had to see it live. You're not gonna see it.
she had some really interesting recordings in the 80s and I like her 80s stuff. I would say Muscles because of the whole Michael Jackson thing and the story. He's really talking about a snake. <laughs> and I thought it was a genius song that Michael just, you know. And I do have one other hidden gem that uh, I, had, I brought the album because it was in the 80s. I brought it because of one song. And that was the song Michael Jackson wrote for her. And that was off her Silk Electric album in 81. That tune was called Muscles. And when we heard that central sound of that song and knew that Michael wrote it and wrote it for basically his uh, muse, if you will, you just could not love that song anymore. So those are my thoughts on the Queen. But my little gem is the one she did with Michael Jackson called Muscles. It's so campy and so out there and so much fun that I think it just typifies where she was at that particular time. She had a video to go with it, too. I mean, that was when, when videos were real young. And the video was even kind of risque and, and, and campy. My love, there's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. My first love. I have a Diane Ross story that'll blow your mind. Just consider the fact that I was this little short, uh, skinny kid turning like 18, 19, and resorts opened up, and um, they had a rendezvous lounge, and uh, it was a dance party in there. Diana Ross was headlining in the Superstar Theater. The resorts was the only casino, so, of course, if I was hanging out, it was there, and I had a feeling that she might come into the the rendezvous lounge, which was the disco lounge, when she came in and she started dancing, I walked over and started dancing with her. And it was just, it, it was amazing. She, did, she didn't back down and, you know, like security come and stop me or anything. So that's my Diana Ross story forever. And, and it's a shame I didn't have, like now we have cell phones to take the the picture instantly, but I, of course, the memory is all in my head. go with swept away <laughs> you know I, I know that it's a little bit cheesy daryl hall actually wrote it and um it's you know it came out in 1984 and it sounds very 80s but i just think swept away is a great song i like her vocal delivery and you know, she's got some drama there she makes it work the video is hilariously cheesy <laughs> in a good way but i really like swept away Ashford Simpson song it's from the Boss album it's an album track it's called I Ain't Been Licked I was a waiter at a bar there was a Diana Ross like trunks that would always play Diana Ross songs at the jukebox 
I ain't been lit was like on a regular basis every day. So it, to me, it was, it was like a, it's a good time of my past, but it's also Ashford Simpson, I think kind of like stopped working with her after the boss album and she went into different things, but that's the album that I love is the boss because of that song and the boss and all the other hits that are on it. So for uh, Miss Diana Ross, uh, what I love about her is again, she left the Supreme. She went into a solo career. She had this voice figure that didn't dissuade her. She had those big brown doe eyes. Everybody talk about Prince's doe eyes, but she had them pretty doe eyes also. But she had this chameleon-like ability where she could morph her performance into whatever she needed to be, whether it was in a intimate club, whether it was an arena, whether it was a, a, you know like a 300-seat spot. She just understood how to, to connect to that audience. And I think that was her true gift in life. Every singer, but her swagger or whatever is over the top. Yeah, even Barry Gordy said it once that she's just, just something about her. And, and I get it. And I get it. What a difference a day makes. There's a rainbow before me. Skies above can't be stormy. Since that moment of bliss, that thrilling kiss, it's heaven when you find romance. She is an R&B diva, but what truly stands in my heart is the jazz that Diana Ross did when she performed for the movie Lady Sings the Blues because nobody had heard Diana doing jazz up until this point and there was an album release which I believe is called Blue and it sat on these shelves somewhere in Motown or somewhere else for almost 40 years before it was finally released uh, which was probably around 2006 or so, somewhere around there, but simply incredible album. So that always stands out as the staple for me and her sound. Really the true first superstar from black music on the female side. You had your uh, Etta James and your blues women from that era, but Diana Ross took this thing to a whole nother level. And then when she went solo, she completely blew the doors off and, and, and just, you, you couldn't believe she would leave a super group and then go on her own and then turn into who she became after that. Everything she did in the disco era, that was, to me, that was her, like Zenith, man. That was her, that was her groove. I liked Diana Ross once she left the Motown machine because she really couldn't shine. She really couldn't stand out being controlled and being managed the way she was. So when she finally left, that's when she got into that um, disco period. <laughs> Absolute number one, Love Hangover. That intro is everything. The disco part is cool, but that intro could have went for 30 minutes. <laughs> that intro, even 
the most boring dud can walk in to a place with that intro plan and it makes them a better person walking in. <laughs> I do agree. Love hangovers. When I think of Diana Ross, I think of her. She brings the glamour to the game. It's going to be real glamorous. And you know, she had that movie star career for a while. And uh, I like the disco songs too. I, 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 on my list, I have Love Hangover. You know, looking back on it, I mean, I listened to that probably more than her older stuff, which, you know, in terms of recognizing the qual- relative quality, you know, I appreciate her '70s work a lot better. You know, and in, into the like the the Boss album and and Diana. Yeah, I mean, you got a good one with Love Hangover. You can't really <laughs> argue with that one. And I have to admit, like Love Hangover, it's amazing. If there's a cure for this, I don't want it. <laughs> there's remixes today that just blow you away. It throws you back into 1975. The the beginning has like this whole nice and slow. Yeah. Yeah, and it just rips into this thing with the bass lines that are going crazy. They actually wrote that it's either for Diana Ross or to Marvin Gaye. He passed on it, and I'm glad that she took it. Uh, Then we get to the disco era. Disco gets a real bad rap, but on the low, people can say what they want to say. We love them disco songs. The one thing that disco did that people don't want to give it credit for is disco took us out of our houses and got us to go to the clubs. And when we got to the clubs, we dressed up and we danced. And she had that smash in 76, Love Hangover. If you wasn't on the dance floor party in the Love Hangover, you couldn't dance because that song, like, remember, this is... Miss Supreme, and she's singing this breathy, you know, sensual, sexual love hangover song. And we flat out loved her for it, right? And uh, one more song for Diana. I guess I would have to put it to uh, The Love Hangover. You can't go wrong with that, man. Diana Ross, truly one of the best. For Diana Ross, I, I do have my favorite song of hers of all time, which it was from the Surrender album. And it seems like Ashford and Simpson did a really great job with her and, and knew how to write for her. But it was uh, Remember Me. Remember Me yeah. as a good thing is like a hidden gem. Uh, there's dance remixes out there that kill. The lyrics are just like 100%. The Supremes, I loved Baby Love, my baby love, like that one. Central Park show with the hair flowing in the rain will go down as an icon, very much like Prince's performance with the rain on him at the Super Bowl. You know, that that pretty melody uh, always stuck in my head. One of my favorites. Where are we going to? You know, I'm like crazy with titles right now.
And her songs for me, hands down, the mahogany, okay? Do you know where you're going to? Every time I hear that song, with those wonderful flute-like lines in the background, what it meant in that scene in the movie, the fact that she's in the movie Billy Billy D was the, the, the male lead in that, that movie spoke to uh, uh, especially Black America, where you didn't see your stars on the big stage like that. We saw you in Black exploitation movies, a lot of killing, a lot of shooting, a lot of violence. And here's this, you know, really heartfelt love story. And that song just carried that theme right along with it. See, when I think of Diana Ross, it's, it's more than a vocal thing with her. You know, it's more than saying like she's a vocalist. She's she's like a presence, man. Like I mean, she represents a lot when it comes to like Black American aspiration. You know, she represents a, a lot. That's why that song Mahogany is like an important song she recorded because um, the song is very introspective. It's really capturing a moment where, you know, sisters are kind of breaking through, you know, and they're asking the questions, you know, what did I gain? What did I lose? Where am I going? You know, where am I going with this success? You know, where am I going with this talent? Where am I going with all this beauty? What's it for? Who am I? Where am I? You know, the song, that's, that's, why, that, that's why I chose that mahogany thing where you you know where you're going to. That's an important song. But one of my favorite Diana Ross songs is the theme from Mahogany, which is one of my favorite movies. I mean, when I think about the movie, I've watched it oh so many times. It's her and Billy Dee Williams. Once again, they just had that kind of uh, screen chemistry that uh, you, you can't make up, right? It's kind of like a match made in heaven. But uh, the words of that song, you know, do you know where you're going to? Uh, do you like the things that life is showing you? Uh, where are you going to? Do you know? I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful song. All the time. And I'm going to add one more. Working overtime. That was during the video school era. And I remember working overtime. to go back to, to, to these old school. That's the door she came through. And I would have to go with something like Reach Out and Touch Somebody. Uh, that would be a song that, you know, kind of, it, it was the transition from her to go from the old way up into the new way where she became more like a, a lounge singer where like she could go to Vegas and perform songs like that. Diana album, which was Upside Down and Coming Up. It's, it's, it's a classic most would pick the Diana album. Anything Niles Rogers touched went multi-platinum.
coming out was supposed to be her intro to every show going forward with a the drum did it did it did it like that's her like now roger says this is the song you're going to open your show with every single time god it's a phenomenal song it there's too much diana ross and she also had uh i'm coming out the 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 whole lbgtq movement they adopted that song i don't think she wrote it in that manner but they took that song and adopted it, and it became a monster smash for a whole culture. So when you talk about Diana Ross, that's the things I think about. I'm coming out, of course, which is kind of like a, a, a theme uh, for for everybody, you know, that in, in every community. It's you stepping out of your shell and, and you uh, starting anew or, or showing what you're doing in your life and truly becoming uh, who you set out to be, who God intended for. Uh, you to be. Good morning, heartache. You old gloomy sight. Good morning, heartache. Thought we said goodbye last night. I tossed and turned until it seemed you had gone. But here you are with the dawn. Uh, I loved, um, oh, Good Morning Heartache was the one I was trying to think of from Lady Sings the Blues. She nailed that. Sunday, yeah, Sunday we'll be together. Diana Ross was like my idol of female vocalist. And I'm infatuated with her daughter too. I'll put that out there, Tracy Ellis Ross. She's in my top five. I know that's not necessarily uh, what you need for this, but I just needed to put, put that information out. And I feel so much better that I just came out talking about my love for Tracy Ellis Ross. I love you, Tracy. <laughs> the mirror of my mind time after time I see reflections of you and me reflections of the way life used to be reflections of the love you took from me oh, I'm all alone now I hope you enjoyed our voice and music collage tonight featuring the brilliance of Miss Diana Ross and I, again, would like to thank my guests for their time and energy. Episode 2 of the R&B Divas featuring Miss Diana Ross is coming to a close. Subscribe to Something Came From Baltimore so you don't miss a thing. Episode 3 is going to be Miss Aretha Franklin. End of Episode 2 of the R&B Divas, Miss Diana Ross. End of episode. Gerald Albright, Maria Schneider, Charlie Hunter, Duke Robillard, Sean Jones, Walter Beasley, Steve Swallow. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast and radio show, and it's not really about Baltimore. 
subscribe to the podcast and listen to your favorite artist or future favorite artist that something came from Baltimore and be a part of that Be More music scene. Joe Lovano, Jeff Coffin, Paula Cole, Denuso Makatani, Ann Passio, Chess Smith, Thumbscrew, mostly.